Hey friends, you're listening to the Student Ministry Sermon Podcast from First Christian Church. Our hope is that these words bless you, lead you closer to Jesus, and help you follow him more faithfully. Thanks for tuning in and enjoy. All right, welcome. Robert forgot to mention one of my favorite parts of Hume, and that's broom hockey against the Hume leaders. Imagine this, just going out and trying your very best and just getting whooped while they just stand there with a stick. Like, that's all they have to do. I heard a lot of you guys took a couple of beatings out on that ice. Some refs not making some calls. I mean, I almost had a daughter come home with a concussion. So I was like, all right, I'm going to take that person out when I go to Hume. I mean, I'm going to have a great time when I go to Hume. No. Um, I'm excited. We're starting a new series tonight. And it's called Playlist. We'll get to that in just a minute. Um, Thankful for Josh's reminder last week about if we want to be the greatest in this world, then we need to become servants, right? And Christ is our biggest example of the servant going to the cross for us. So uh, this new series is called New Playlist, okay? New Playlist, and it's this idea about a mindset. And you might have heard this term in school before mindset, right? You might even have posters up that say, you know, instead of saying you can't do it, say you can't do it yet. You know what I mean? Like, and so it's just this idea of taking something that's negative that we can say about ourselves and turning it into a positive. See the teacher right there? She's agreeing with me. Yes. Uh, So uh, I don't know about you guys, but when I was younger, there was, there was a positive poster that, you know, I'm a little bit older than you guys. Um, I got Dave by like 40 years because I think he's 20 today. So you know, um, but um, I had this poster up in one of my classrooms, and this is, I think I have it over there. Yes, we can do it. Rosie the Riveter, right? It's just this idea of affirmation, or we used to have the one perseverance, and it would be like a picture of somebody trying to hold up a big boulder. But, so that's what we're going with over the next five weeks, trying to change our mindset. Because sometimes, right, we can uh, get stuck on negative thoughts, Kind of like a song in your head. So to kind of give you the idea of what it means when you, you know that those songs that you just can't get out of your head all the time, it's just there constantly. Let's see, let's see if you remember this song. Go ahead, hit one for me, guys. Yes, okay. as I try to teach right now. Or maybe, if I, maybe if that one doesn't do it for you, maybe one of these ones will remind you of what it means. Yes, Backstreet, right? I had this on CD. Yes, I had CDs, y'all. Actually, I had cassettes. So when I saw a new playlist, it reminded me. How many leaders in the room had a Walkman? Oh, yeah. I put, I clipped that thing on my, I mean, I'd be walking down, cruising down the sidewalk, listening to Madonna. I mean, oh, yeah. uh-huh, I'm a material girl. <laughs> you know what I mean? And I was just like, seriously, five years old, I wanted to be Madonna. But anyway, so um, last song, just to, just to put the nail in the coffin. What do we got? You know, you guys were all rocking this in the van on the way home from you. So, right? And sometimes the thoughts that we have about ourselves, bring it back in, guys. Bring it back in. Look at you, the three sharks over here. Um, so anyways, that's what we're going today, trying to get rid of and, t- and see 
what God says about the, how we take our negative thoughts, we keep them on repeat in our minds, and they can consume us so much that they kind of take us captive and prisoner. So we're going to unleash or unlock that and see what God's word says about how we can create a new playlist. So um, you guys know me. I'm a science geek. So when we talk about the brain, I've got to give you a little bit of facts about the brain. Um, well, the brain is actually like the physical part that you can... Well, you can't see it unless you can, you know, crack open your head. But it's the cerebrum, the cerebellum. You got the frontal cortex here. You got the occipital load back here. It's about three pounds. Um, and it can process more information than like 10,000 supercomputers. So it's an amazing, to me, complex design. It points completely to a designer. Your brain did not just come about by randomness and chance. Sorry. So think of that as the brain. But I want to talk more about the brain and your mind. So the brain is like the physical part. Your mind is what controls your thoughts. And so just so you guys know, just some, uh, they'll, put the screen, they'll put it up here on the screen, but we have about 70,000 thoughts per day. 70,000 thoughts per day. So math, me, mathematician and me, if you added that up over a year, in a year's time, you would have 25 million thoughts. So it gives a new kind of term to penny for your thoughts. Like, I wish I had a penny for all those thoughts. Um, I wouldn't have to be an underpaid teacher. No, I'm just kidding. I do it for the love. I do it for the love. If you guys have teachers out there, thank them because their job is not easy. Um, and they do it because they love you. So, all right, enough about that. So how many of you have ever thought that your thoughts are on repeat and you just overplay them over and over again in your mind? And I'm talking about negative thoughts because actually we tend, boys, we tend to think more negatively than we do positively by our own broken human nature, unfortunately. Think about it. Like, we tend to want to go point something out wrong about somebody before we will go point something good out about them because we're in a broken, sinful world. So I want to kind of hone in. I'm talking about the negative thoughts that we have about ourselves. And so I'm going to share with you a story where my thought process it was on repeat, and it was some major stuff that I had gotten some news. So I remember it very vividly. I was driving home from San Inez because I used to teach there. I taught middle school there for 14 years before I moved over to PCS. And it was coming home. We had just had open house. So if you are a teacher, it's like the Super Bowl for your school, right? It's like everything culminates up to that one thing. And so I was obviously kind of like just driving home going, okay, Lord, driving through Los Alamos, trying not to fall asleep. And so I had just had this really major event and my mom calls and my stepdad and they're both on the phone. And I was like, why are you both on the phone? You know, if both people call you, you know, then you know you might be in trouble. But they're like, we have some news for you. Are you okay? Or can you talk? And I said, well, yeah. I mean, I was driving, but it was hands-free. So I promise I was not listening on the phone. I wasn't texting while I drive. Don't ever do that. Um, so I'm a safe driver for the most part, unless you've been in my van or truck pulling a trailer to Hume and I'm going 80 and everybody else is behind me, but I am a safe driver, <laughs> I promise. So I said, yeah, go ahead. I'm just driving home. And my mom's just like, well, I have stage four cancer. And I was like, uh, what? I mean, just instantaneously, it went from before she said that to after she said that. And then just a million thoughts came through my mind, just wondering, like, why? Like, why? You're only 60 years old. Like, come on, this isn't supposed to happen. Or, and so it was like there was before she told me that in my life, and then there was after she told me that. I call that big T, okay, big trauma. And I think we all can understand that we've all experienced some big T in our lives, 
right? So I'm not talking to just myself here. There's a lot of things going on in the world. There's a lot of things that you guys are dealing with on a daily basis, and I totally know that. We also have what we call little T, little trauma, right? Daily, daily occurrences, like school stuff on a daily basis. You know, you, you have that test coming up, and you didn't study for it, so you're trying to freak out and figure out how you're, it's just, the information is just going to come to you. Or, you know, you, some of you have some expectations on you that can be a lot of pressure. I get it. Like, you, you have this, this tendency to want to perform and, and, and get those good grades. So that can come with a lot of thoughts. Maybe it's family stuff. You've got things going on in your life where you're just like, I can't believe this is going on or this happened. And, you know, I will be honest with you guys, not all of those things are your fault, right? We all are un, we're not perfect people. We don't have perfect families. Nobody does. So you can be dealing with somebody else's sin, in your life that you didn't ask for. But now there, it becomes a part of you because it's in your head and it won't come out. Or your faith. You might be doubting your faith. Maybe you doubt if there is a God. Maybe you doubt if Jesus is really, really God. Like, you lean into those doubts because that means that you're interested and it means that you're looking for something real. And I say lean into it because I know you're going to find something real if you continue to seek and search. Or maybe it's relationships. That's huge right now. It can be huge, lots of, lots of thoughts, what somebody thinks about me or what I think about somebody else. And you can get, get so, so consumed. Um, so before we dive in, I just kind of want to give you guys my heart behind this is that I want you guys to know that not only myself, but Robert and Josh and all of your leaders, like we know you've got stuff you're dealing with. We know that that stuff that you're dealing with causes your mind to sometimes never stop. Some people deal with insomnia. Some people deal with the fact that they can't, if you're like me when I was a child, I was not allowed to talk about my feelings. I literally was told that if you just, I mean, I wasn't, I wasn't told verbally, but the actions by the people in my life, I love my Nana, don't get me wrong, but she was very old school. So it was more like, if you just don't talk about it, it'll go away. Or if you just continue to suppress it down, eventually it'll go down far enough, you'll forget about it. That is the complete opposite of the truth. And that is why I want to press into this idea because if that's what you think about how you're supposed to have your thoughts or if that's what's been personified you on by your parents or kind of described to you on, or whoever's taking care of you. I wasn't raised by my parents, so I'm not, I just say parents in general. But if that's something, then that is why I'm bringing God's word to you is because that is not a healthy way to deal with thoughts that are on repeat, that consume your life and literally hold you captive. I don't know about you guys, but I've felt paralyzed by my thoughts before because I just can't get them out of my head. And so I'm, I'm learning with this as we go together as well. All right, so uh, where can we find freedom from the bondage of our thoughts? I think we should start first by understanding where they come from. So turn it in your Bibles to Ephesians chapter 6. We're going to look at verse 12. And this comes from a passage that is actually written about uh, spiritual warfare. So that's a whole nother sermon. Believe me, um, I can talk days and days and days on that. But where, did, where are these thoughts coming from and why, why do we have them? Well, they come because, let's read it together, Ephesians 6, 12, it should be on the screen. I did mark it here with all my markers here, just in case. I have a few. Here it is. It says... For our struggle is not against flesh and blood. 
but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the powers of this dark world, and against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. Did you guys know that every single day your mind is on a battlefield? And it's not one that you can see. Which means that the people in your lives are not the enemy. It's this power that is allowed, only allowed right now, to kind of rule, right? Because of the fall of man, we have a spiritual battle that is going on. So that is why we have those negative thoughts to begin with. We're in a fallen world. It says that it's not against flesh. That means human bodies. It's not against the people. But I want you guys to remember this, though. That while that sounds bleak, you have to remember that Jesus has already won the battle. We're going to put the verse up there. Colossians 2.15 says, in this way, he disarmed the spiritual rulers and authorities. He shamed them publicly by his victory over them on the cross. Folks, I've said this before, and I'll say it again. You do not fight for victory. You fight from victory. So every single thought in your mind, God is giving us a plan because he's already gone to the cross to pay for our sins, to defeat evil once and for all forever. And that has already been done, already been completed. When he said it is finished on the cross, it is finished. We have victory in Jesus Christ. And through that, you get to have life, and you get to have life abundantly. So two things. One, that's where they come from. But two, you don't have to live in them because we fight from victory, not for victory. So you might say, okay, well then how do we do this? How do we do this? If we're fighting from victory, what does that look like? Turn over to Romans 12, 2. The first time I heard this verse 15, 20 years ago, or where it really stuck to me, it's just one of my life verses. So Romans 12, 2. Let's put this into some type of practical application. It says, this is what we do. Because we have victory in Jesus, this is what we get to do. 12, 2. Do not conform any longer to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. We literally have the power because of Christ in us, because of Christ in us, not on our own. We have the power to renew our thought process, to actually take a thought and change it because of Jesus Christ and his work inside of us. Now, I say that as if it's really easy to do, and let me tell you, folks, it's not easy to do. It's definitely not easy to do alone. I would say almost impossible. But if you have the power of Christ in you and you have put your faith in him and you trust him, he is the one that does it for you and through you, and he works on you and he works through you to help you take those thoughts and change them into what he has said about you. And the last verse I want to show with you guys before I kind of, I'm not saying land the plane. I'm not. I don't know. I'm going to have to think of something else, but I want you guys to be left with this verse also. So keep Romans 12, 2 in your heart. And that idea, I'm sorry, that idea of no longer conforming to the pattern of the world, this, this, this came in my mind because I was talking to some of you guys when you came back from Hume, and I heard that the speaker had talked about that there's this God-sized hole that we have in our hearts that can only be filled by him. And in order to live into that truth, you have to go the other way of what the world says. Because when you conform to the world, what you're doing is you're saying that you're going to use whatever it has to fill that hole. 
And for those of you who have learned that that is never going to work, that means that you have to no longer conform to that pattern. Stop using old stuff and stuff of the world to change your mind because it's never going to. The only way you can change your thought process is through the redeeming work of Christ on the cross. So that hole, that God-sized hole, can only be filled through Jesus Christ. And so you have to no longer conform to those ideas that you can fill yourself and you'll, those thoughts will go away the more you distract yourself on whatever it is. I call it insta, insta fish gram or whatever. I don't know. Um, and so it's this idea of changing and renewing your mind. And in order to do that, this is what we have to do. Last verse. I think I gave it to them. If not, I wrote it on here and I will. Um, it says, it don't. Sorry, I just added this one at the end. Take captive every single thought and make it obedient to Christ. Memorize that this week. What it says is every single thought that comes in that starts to be negative, you are to take it captive and you are to turn it and you are to make it obedient to Christ. That means that you are to live and look on the things that he says and don't believe the lies. Satan's here to kill, steal, and destroy. That's it. So we have to take those thoughts captive and say, no, this is what Christ says. We have a sword. In the, when, we talk, when we first started talking about this, this came from the armor of God. Did you know the only um, act of offense in the armor of God is the sword? Anybody know what the sword is? What do we call it? God's word. God's word. Right? Use it against those thoughts. I've had to do this before. Even before I came up here. Thoughts in my head were, you're not good enough. Um, you're going to mess up. You, what, you don't have anything to say. And I'm like, I don't have anything to say. I'm saying what God wants. I'm, you know, as long as I'm saying what he wants, I'm off the hook. And I had to say, no, God, you have equipped me for every good work according to your purpose and plan. That is in your word. You're not good enough. I am chosen. I am redeemed. I can quote you Ephesians 2. These are all the things I am in Christ, not because of me. Because of in Christ, I can claim those things. And so we have to make, we have to be willing to understand what is in here if we're going to fight with it. As well as having an intimate relationship with your Savior is super important. Right? Because where, where are you going to go with those thoughts? We have to go to Him with those thoughts. We have to go with Him. And if we want to know Him in a more intimate way, we have to know what He's saying. If we don't know what He's saying then we don't have any weaponry, right? You want to have those things come to the top of your head. We say read your Bible, and it's not because we're like, we well, go to church, read your Bible. It is powerful. It is. But you can't get power like this. Power is only when you open it and you use it and you apply it. And so I want to show you practically how I've done this in my life because we're going to have worship up here in just a second. I literally had to do this yesterday. No, when did you guys come back from Hume? Yeah, today. Monday? Monday night, right? Um, I had just been here a little bit early. I was prepping for a sermon and stuff like that, and I picked Brianna up, and I got permission from her to say this. I picked her up, and we're going home, and she's driving, and I'm like, oh, Lord. No, that's not the story, but uh, I love her. She's, she's, she's a good driver. Um, no, she is. And we're, like, we're arguing, okay? Like, how many of you have been in an argument with your parents in the last two hours? No, right? And... We get out of the car, and we're just bickering and arguing, and she goes in, and she's tired, and I'm just kind of at the end of my ropes going, oh, my goodness. And I had to, I had to think. I had to stop. 
I had to go into the kitchen or I had to go in my closet. I don't remember it was. And I had to go, wait a second. It's not her. I said, this is the enemy. The enemy is trying to come in right now and he's trying to divide. He's trying to steal my joy of hearing about her trip. He's trying to do all of this. No, I am not going to allow him to do this. So I literally, in that moment, I took captive those thoughts and I said, no, you're not going to win. And I said, let me go in there. And I, her and I, I said, I apologize. I said, you know what? I'm not mad at you. I said, you're not the enemy. I told her flat out, I said, Satan is trying to divide us right now and I'm not going to let him. And we had reconciliation and the rest of the night was amazing because I got to hear all about the amazing stuff you guys did at Hume. And you know what? That could have gone two ways. I could have allowed Satan to take that from me or I could have made the choice to take that thought captive and make it obedient to him and then go take back my joy that he tried to take and reconcile that relationship with my daughter and have that conversation. That was amazing. But you know what? I, there's no way I could have done that in my own human strength. I had to be close to my Savior. I had to say, you know what? You're right. You are so right. So know his word. Use it. That is, your, that is, what, we, that is what I wanted to tell you guys is that if you want to stop that playlist in your mind, you need to recreate it. And we cannot recreate that on our own. We can only do it through Jesus Christ and his work in our hearts and falling into his word and immersing ourselves in knowing who our Savior is. Because the more you know him, the easier it is to go to him with those thoughts and the sooner you can get on with your life and have joy. And you can get your sleep back and you can get your relationships back and you can get that. Does it take work? You're darn right. It takes work, but it is so worth it. Because the only thing that can happen from that is more growth and more joy and more long-lasting things in your life that are worth, worth fighting for. So I'm going to pray, and then we'll invite the worship team back up. Father, thank you so much for the reminder that we have full victory in you, Lord Jesus, that we do not have to fight this battle, Lord God. You have defeated Satan, you already have. You sit at the right hand of the Lord God right now, Lord, and you're just looking down on us saying, I'm here. Bring me your thoughts. Make them obedient to me and I will help you and I will lead you and I will guide you. And you will restore everything back to us, Lord God, when we just make those thoughts obedient to you. So may we just release anything that we need to right now during this time of worship. If there's thoughts in our minds that we've been holding on to or that are holding us captive, I just pray that students would just allow you to do work in their hearts and that they would just leave them on the altar, Lord God, and that they would not pick them up again, that they would continue to live out your truth and speak your truth into their lives of who they are and who they are in you. So just may you be blessed in this worship and the rest of the evening. Amen. Amen.